Does God care? Have you ever heard someone say, yes, God's there, but he isn't interested in my life. He doesn't care about me. They point to a trial they've experienced or to a tragedy they've heard about and see this as evidence. God exists, but he doesn't get involved. He may watch, but he doesn't lift a finger to help. He's simply a clockmaker who created the universe and then sits back and lets it tick away on its own. That's the way the sun rises and sets, the moon and stars appear at night, and the seasons flow one to another. He set everything in motion and simply lets it operate on its own as a distant, impartial observer. Do those ideas sound at all familiar? Have you heard people say these things? Have you? Hurt is often the biggest reason for such thoughts about God. A loved one dies of cancer or in a car accident. A relationship implodes, leaving a grieving heart and crying children in its wake. A business or ministry fails when you thought for sure God was leading you into it. And in each case, you cry out, God, where were you? Why did you let this happen? In our pain, we look around and wonder where God is. Our eyes are too filled with tears to see him and our hearts with grief to feel his presence. Hagar felt that way. Cast out from her position in home and facing certain death in the wilderness, she felt hopeless and alone. And it was there God reached out to her, gently asking, where have you come from and where are you going? Did he not know or see? Of course he did. He simply wanted to let her know he was there. He was asking for an opportunity to speak into a desperate situation, to offer counsel and encouragement, instructing her to call her son Ishmael, God hears, for the Lord heard her cry of distress. Hagar understood and called the place the Lord sees. When Billy Graham was asked, where is God now I've been diagnosed with a crippling fatal disease? He answered the distraught man, God is exactly here. He's always been loving you, watching over you, taking care of you in the midst of life's hardships, even when you weren't aware of it. Think back to a situation when you were consumed with pain. Can you honestly say God was silent? Or were your own cries so great you couldn't hear? That's so often the case with us, I think, especially as he promises that he will never leave us or forsake us. If we look at scripture and at our own life, we will see that God has always been present, even in our pain. He walks with us through our current suffering. We are not alone. Jesus, aware of the suffering we'll experience in this world, told his disciples for us, here on this earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. And then he proved it by overcoming death and the grave, rising again to new life and assuring us that we too will do the same. His resurrection means our resurrection. For others, it isn't their pain that keeps them from hearing from God or believing that he's actively caring for the people in his universe. It's their stubbornness. They may reluctantly say, yeah, okay, I believe there's a God and he made the world, but I don't want to listen to what he has to say. I can do my own thing, live my own life, and if I need him, which I won't, I'll talk to him then. Their self-sufficiency makes them complacent. 
They have enough of what they want and they don't need God's help, so why bother with them? They say, I won't talk to him and he doesn't need to talk with me. Saul was like that. He'd gotten the kingdom and he wasn't going to let anything or anyone stand in his way. Be it the shepherd boy David or even his own son Jonathan. He didn't need to listen to godly counsel from Samuel. Why? Because he thought he was right. And what a disaster it turned out to be for him, for he lost everything, including his own life. How many times have we seen this acted out? Someone gains quick riches and power and his life seems successful and then the wheels fall off and everything falls apart. It's happened to politicians, business moguls, and acclaimed ministry leaders. They've acknowledged God, but didn't make him Lord. Paul writes about them in Romans 1. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. It gave them an excuse to do whatever they wanted and live however they wanted, with no one to answer to and no one to question their decisions or behavior, until they turn around one day and see that they have everything but nothing. Life is lonely, empty, and miserable. King Solomon understood this. The richest and wisest man of his time, blessed by God with everything anyone could ask for, yet at the end of his life, he writes, So I came to hate life because everything done here under the sun is so troubling. Everything is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Five times he moans that life is meaningless until an epiphany occurs in the last chapter and he realizes, here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. Solomon realized life is meaningless without God. If one only has awareness of his presence, it isn't enough. One must reverence his nature, his name, his goodness, his glory. Not to us, O oh Lord, it says in Psalm 115. Not to us, but to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness. Still, there are others who question God, who believe he's distant and uncaring. It's the person who shouts, where is the God of justice? He seems, they see all the unfairness in the world, the wicked prospering and the righteous failing and children suffering and the elderly dying alone. And he yells back at the seemingly silent universe. God doesn't care. He's angry at God. The situation in the Ukraine, the years of apartheid, the helplessness of COVID. If God truly cared, he'd do something about all of this. And God answers back, I have. I am here. I've always been here. Because you can't see me, can't recognize my hand working in these situations doesn't mean I haven't been there. You say I'm not doing something. What you fail to realize is that I'm always doing everything. As Jesus said, my father is always working and so am I. God doesn't let rules, regulations, politics, or man-made diseases stop him. He works through, around, between, and among every situation to accomplish his will. 
835 times he says in scripture, I will, and describes what he's doing or will do, which is why he can say to Job, who is this that questions my wisdom? Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Have you ever commanded the morning to appear and caused the dawn to rise in the east? Have you visited the storehouses of the snow? Can you direct the constellations through the season? Do you know the laws of the universe? Can you use them to regulate the earth? And he's doing the same to us. For God is working in you, it says, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Oh, God isn't the silent, unconcerned clockmaker after all. He is aware, observant, involved, engaged, and active in the lives of his people and the universe he created. As King David proclaims, the earth is the Lord and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him, for he laid the earth's foundations on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. His activity on this earth and in our lives is boundless. As the psalmist writes, how amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him should ponder them. Everything he does reveals his glory and majesty. His righteousness never fails. He causes us to remember his wonderful works. How gracious and merciful is our Lord. Again, the Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. Our feelings don't change who God is. One renowned nuclear physicist once asked his Nobel Prize winning colleague a question about spirituality. And he replied, I'll talk science with you, but spirituality? <laughs> Yet I'm amazed that Israel has returned to their homeland. When King Frederick the Great asked his pastor to provide him with visible proof of God's existence, the pastor replied, the Jews. Well-known author Mark Twain wrote that the Jew ought hardly to be remembered, but he's heard of, he's always been heard of, and he's prominent on the planet as are any other people. Nations have risen and fallen, and still the Jews survives and thrives. It's God that's created the universe, and God is involved in all its workings. Amen and amen.